Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I'm the volunteer coordinator here at DHC. Thank you specifically to those of us uh, who are gathered here in this room, to those of you who came out live with us today. And I'm so thankful for also those who have joined us online. We know that there's still a lot of action going on in the world with the pandemic, the ongoing pandemic going on, but we're thrilled that you've joined us in any capacity. Um, in fact, they texted me before that we have a very large online audience today, which is is not so surprising given our current conditions, but regardless of where you're at, you're thankful. We're thankful that you're here. I'm so excited to be up here again. They let the other guy go, so I'm going to be up here more often. That's a joke. No, John will be back next week. He's going to be back with us. He's actually taken some time away, and so I've been um, thankful to be up here with you guys for a couple of weeks talking about this idea of 2020 and the struggle is real. And so one of the things that we do here at Downtown Harbor Church is sometimes we just actually feel like culture, society, what we're going through has provided an, an opportunity for us for us to stop and to go, we need to take a look at this. We need to address it. We need to have a conversation about it. And we need to kind of dive into what the scripture says about it. And so today's message and this whole series really might be different from some of the messages you see throughout the year where we take a passage of scripture and we unpack it and kind of go word by word or sentence by sentence. This is more of a topical conversation that we're going to have. And we're going to have conversations about some things that have come out in 2020 and more importantly, what the Holy Scripture, what the Bible has to say about this particular issue. And so if we could just look back and sit back and we talk about 2020, we could just say this, it's been a year and I don't even know how to describe this fully in detail, but it has been a year and it's been a wild ride. In fact, there are very few people who, when we started 2020, would have ever thought that here we are 11 months into this journey, this run of 2020. There are very few people who would have ever predicted that we would have had a year like the one that we've had. In fact, it's probably unprecedented for the rest of our lives. More than likely, we will never see a year like this again in our future. So it's been a year. And last week, we had a chance to sit down and have a conversation and talk about marriage and relationships and what those look like and about how those have been kind of pushed to the brink in 2020 and, and how to navigate through that and for you to put your significant other, your husband or wife first and how that looks like. And so we had a conversation about that. If that's you or you're there, you feel like you need to brush up on that, you can go ahead and take a look back at last week. So before we dive into what we're going to talk about today, I want to propose an idea to everybody in this room. And, and while for some, this may seem like a maybe a jovial topic that we're going to talk about today, or almost, a, of course, we should do this in response to this issue today. For many others, if we were to actually sit down and talk about this and have a dialogue about it, we would find that we are in a really unique place related to this issue that we're going to talk about today. And so I want to ask you a question. As you began the year 2020, as you started out thinking back all those months ago, I bet if I were a betting man, and oftentimes I am a betting man, right, that there were some expectations that you had going into the year. You really thought that, hey, maybe this year for business, it was going to be the best year that we've ever had. Maybe you had some expectations for your family. Maybe you had expectations for your friendships or your relationships, or even us here at downtown Harbor Church. There were some expectations that we thought things were going to go a certain way, and 
And in fact, maybe did they or did they not pan out? We had some expectations as to how certain things were going to go. We had some thoughts and desires and maybe an inkling or a leaning of what we thought things were going to be like this year. After all, we came off of a pretty strong 2019, and at least for most of us, we just thought, man, 2020 is looking up. This is going to be our year. And then we step back, and we look back on those past 11 months, maybe 10 months, 9 months, wherever you're at, and then there's the reality of our expectation versus how things actually went. Let me give you a quick example. If you were here last week or watched online last week, you know that Caitlin and I um, had a baby girl on January 1st. So it's just this thing of like 2020 was all in for us. And so she was born January 1st. She um, was actually adopted. So it was a surprise that she was born that way. It wasn't as if we were home and Caitlin went into labor. We got a phone call on January 1st. Caitlin was at work. I got a phone call from the social worker and she said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just wrapping up some year end stuff. I said, what are you doing? It's a holiday. She goes, well, you better get in your car because you're about to have a baby. And sure, Sure enough, that was where our year began. Well, I had some expectations as to how I thought that year would go. In fact, I was bragging to my buddies, and you know, they were they're the kind of guys, right, who are sitting around, maybe having a cigar every now and then. <laughs> they can't wait to watch me suffer through this infant thing, right? They're just sitting around going, <laughs> we cannot wait to watch this from afar. But let me tell you something. I had it ready to go. I had babysitters lined up. I had like three nannies ready to go. Four or five months into her life, she was going into daycare. This was going to be a walk in the park. I was ready to go. My lifestyle was going to be maintained. I was going to prove to the world that this could be done a different way. And then COVID hit and none of that happened. In fact, my wife, who's an emergency room trauma nurse on April 1st, went back to work after her maternity leave and she works about 14 hour shifts in the emergency room. And I remember having a conversation with her and I remember asking her, hey, Caitlin, what are we going to do with Libby, our daughter, once you go back to work? And she's like, well, you're looking at the person in the mirror. And so that was my journey throughout COVID. And let me tell you something, spending 14 hours a day with an infant is not what it's cracked up to be. However, we're going to talk about that because we have these expectations as to the way things, that should, the way things should go. And we think they should go a certain way. So what are we going to talk about related to our expectations today? Well, here's what we're going to land on today, and it's this idea of contentment. So, okay, so we have our expectations, right? And then we have reality. Well, how do we respond to that? What do we do? How do we live in this place of are we mad about it? Are we happy about it? Are we angry about it? Are we sad about it? How do we respond to the things that happen, things that are within our control and outside of our control? How do we learn to figure out what contentment looks like in our lives, specifically throughout this year that we've been a part of. So I wanted to define contentment because a lot of people go, well, what does that actually mean? I've heard it, I know it, but what's the Webster's you know, dictionary definition of it? I like to do this, and here's what it says. The state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied with things as they are. Let me read it again. The state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied with things as they are. Let me put that into a blunt kind of layman's term definition, right? Deciding to be happy with what you have. Deciding to be happy with what you've got. 
It's looking at every single day, right? Looking at how things have gone in your life, looking at where you're at and deciding that, okay, I'm going to choose to be happy, to be content, to be peaceful, to be at peace in the middle of this. And I will tell you this, a lot of times I've had conversation, conversations with friends, family members, I have expressed this myself, who specifically during 2020 are not happy with what we have. We've been given the raw end of the deal. Is that you? Because, oh boy, it's sure been me throughout this year. So related to contentment, there's a couple of things that we can talk about. First of all, number one, we can talk about our situations, right? So we can have situational contentment, right? Where we are actually looking at our situations and how to be contentment or how to be content based on us being in the middle of them. And then there's this idea of possessional contentment, that we would actually be content based on our possessions. And there are many of us who, especially in South Florida, right, we want to Bigger car, bigger house, you know, better spouse, uh, you know, more expensive living situation, whatever that looks like. That is not what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to focus on situations and situational contentment. Because I just believe this. I believe that unlike any year in our history, 2020 has created some unique situations. That in 2020, there are certain situations that we've encountered this year that actually we may never encounter again. So therefore, it's important for us to step back, to take a look at what this year has created and to figure out how to experience situational contentment based on this year. Let's take a look at some of these situational contentment circumstances. Gosh, was that not a long phrase, right? That we have been a part of this year and what it's looked like. Maybe, maybe your favorite restaurant was closed. Now this may seem juvenile or maybe something we laugh about. This is something that has happened to all of us at one point in time throughout the year. Our favorite restaurant may have been closed. Maybe you're, maybe you're in the market, maybe you're stock guy or gal, and maybe your investments have gone up and down. And really there's nothing uh, that you can do about it other than reallocate your dollars. But there's been businesses that have clo been closed. There's been a lot of hurt people this year. Stock markets have been bouncing all around up and down. Maybe you, for the first time in your life, have had to wear a mask, right, other than Halloween. Like, this is one of those things where, like, I never, I never thought in the history of my life that I would walk up to a bank teller with a mask on in 2020 and ask for a withdrawal and ask for money. I never thought I would do that. Right, but maybe, and, and I don't know where you're at on the COVID spectrum because I call it the COVID spectrum. Like maybe you're wearing ma your mask in your house, like in the shower, in the, and that's you. And then there are other people, you know, who are in the anti-mask spectrum. I don't care where you're at. I'm just saying that at some level, this has affected you, right? Maybe school is a big deal. Maybe your child, right, was in school. Maybe it's a younger kid in preschool or maybe they're elementary school or maybe even growing into high school and all of a sudden they didn't get to experience what they wanted to as they closed out their career, moved from one grade to the next. Well, what I love about this is these unique situations that we've experienced are something that I just believe that God is present in. And I believe that if we step back and kind of look at these situations from a 38,000 foot view, that God is very present in all of these circumstances. And in some way, some miraculous way, he is working out these circumstances for, don't miss this, for good. 
How do I know that? Because the scripture tells us that. If you have a Bible, you can open it. We're gonna be bouncing around today because remember, today is one of those topical studies where we're talking about contentment, but we are gonna be bouncing around and we're gonna start in the book of Philippians chapter two and here's what it says. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his what? Good purpose. Regardless of what's going on around you, God is still working in you to fulfill his good purpose. Another reference in the scripture is one of our favorite verses of all time around here at Downtown Harbor Church. Talking about what God does and how he acts through our life, regardless of our expectations not being met and circumstances that are not ideal. It says in the book of Romans chapter eight, verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I'm gonna read this again so that we can understand this, is that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, meaning our expectations are over here, right? And we come over here to reality and our circumstances. And what we understand is this, is that God, even though things didn't go the way that we wanted them to go, he's still working in the midst for the good of all things in a supernatural, miraculous way. So let's have some role play. This is exciting. I feel like this is an exciting thing. Let's have some fun. Are you ready to have some fun? That's great. Okay, so we're excited about that. And so, you know, because I'm a fun guy, and I figured what I would do is if we're going to have some, I think I'm a fun guy, and we're going to have some role play. So I'm going to come out into the IMAX theater in the crowd with a microphone, and I'm going to ask you a question, and then we're going to have some role plays. That sound all right? That is not what's going to happen. I'm so glad that I, you know, enthused the audience and allowed them to begin exiting the room cowering in fear, right? We're not going to do that. However, I'm going to play a little role play with myself. Hear me out. I'm going to give you a couple of circumstances based on expectations or reality that we may have dealt with during 2020. And then I want to talk to you about practical responses that potentially would be rooted in contentment, right? So here, does everybody understand this? I'm going to give you a situation that we've probably dealt with this year. And then I want to talk about, hey, what does a contentment response look like to this? Understanding that God is working through all these things. Therefore, our attitude can and should reflect that. Let's rock and roll. Let's go. Let's go to the first one. Here we go. I was supposed to have the best year my business has ever had. Maybe this was you, because I will tell you who else it was. Right here, me. Some of you may know that I don't do this at Downtown Harbor Church full-time any longer. Um, I actually have another company outside of this, but one of the, I love being involved in DHC still, which is why I'm here consistently every single week. But I have full-time focused on something else. And let me tell you something. When we started in January, it was going to be a great year. In fact, Q1 for us was by far over and above, like 300% the best like we had ever done. And then all of a sudden, because I'm in the travel industry, about March 13th, the bottom fell out and boom, all of a sudden it went poof almost overnight. And we're crawling our way back, which is really cool. But I remember talking about the company and chatting with people who were entrepreneurs and business people and everybody was just, man, this brutal. And, and we were almost just down in the dumps, understandably so. And we just talked about how much our year had been ravaged and ruined. But interestingly enough, I started to think about what's a contentment response to this? I was supposed to have the best year my business has ever had. 
what should I say if someone asks me about this? And I just felt like I felt my heart getting negative at times. And so I wanted to begin to craft a response. What should I think about this? Like, not only what should I say, what should my actions reflect? I just think this looks like a response that is wise and understands that God is working through all things. Check this out. I'm fortunate enough to survive this year, right? Or to get to focus on a different opportunity. Optimism. Man, wouldn't that look like something if we actually, and, and I'm not saying this is easy, this is brutal, right? But I'm saying is that what if we looked at things in the way that we understood that God was working good through all things for, a, you know, for good according to his will, what would it look like? Here's another one, right? Round two, my child, I love this, right? Because as a new parent, you're just like, man, like you see people out there and like everybody's like obsessed with their kids in the school and they're going back and this is like people are wanting to kill each other on social media and like if you're glad I'm not a gun owner because if I did, I'd come to your house. Like that's what I see people saying to each other, right? Okay, my child has been robbed of an opportunity to play sports or to go to school in person. I get it. This is super frustrating. You might be working and you might like, how are you gonna, what are they gonna do? Stay home all day? Do you know what your house is gonna be like? Like if you came home and the house was burned down from work, like that would not be something that you would, you know, would be unexpected for you, right? But what, so here's the question. What should our response be like this to something that we really didn't expect that we can't necessarily control and that we have an opportunity to respond in contentment, right? My child, starts with my child, right, is learning different and unique skills during this time to put into his or her future. What if we looked at it like that as parents? You know, this isn't ideal. This isn't how we expected it to go, but they are learning unique and different things, and we have parents as an opportunity. We, as parents, have an opportunity to teach them new and unique things during this time. Because even though if you live here in the state of Florida, maybe your kids are back in school, maybe they're not, but many of you watching online, you're dealing with this again for the, maybe the second or third time. What does it look like for you? What is your attitude gonna look like? Knowing that God is working good through all things according to his will. I love this one. This one's key, right? My favorite restaurant is closed and offering takeout only. It's a big deal. A lot of us have been sideways about this. I understand I want to go out to dinner. I want to be with people. I want the experience, you know, being waited on, especially in South Florida where we are. Man, this is a big deal. My favorite restaurant is closed and offering takeout only. I get it. Maybe some of you are upset. What if this was our attitude based on that fact that is out there, right? What a cool situation to not have to pay $95 for a bottle of wine, right? Wouldn't that, what if we just thought about it like that, where we said, this is great because now I'm going to save some money so that I don't have to spend 100 bucks on a bottle of wine and I can go to Publix for $6.99 and get the same one. That way I don't have to spend, you know, the, uh, I'd net about, you know, 89 bucks. Wouldn't that be, that'd be cool. What if we had an attitude like that? Never know, okay, how that could look. Here's the last one. My Thanksgiving is going to be ruined this year. Many of you are experiencing this right now because you can't 
meet or you don't want to meet or the CDC or the state has told you not to meet. I don't know where you're at, right? But here's my question. What if you looked at it like this, right? Do I really want to see the people I can't stand anyway? And I think this is an important thing for us to just have a conversation about because maybe you've been saved by this, right? Maybe by the time you get there next year, Aunt Mary won't be here. I'm just kidding. That's awful, okay? Don't ever repeat that. That's a joke. Aunt Mary, if you're watching, hope you're well, okay? So what I'm saying is, is that there's just some things things that we've experienced and that we felt that aren't ideal, that we didn't expect, that we got to go, what would my attitude, you know, look like if I filtered that through a contentment response? And the last thing is this, related to this kind of an issue, is that many of us, and maybe it hasn't been personally, but many of you are watching, or maybe even you're in this room and you've been affected by the coronavirus pandemic. And I might mean personally or physically, or maybe you've had it, or maybe you know somebody who's had it. Maybe in a very dire circumstance, you've lost somebody who you know who's had this. This is terrible. This is not something that is laughable or we laugh it off in any way, shape, or form. But for those of us who are here and those of us who have to navigate through these decisions and these circumstances that we didn't expect, here's just something I want you to remember every single day. You're still standing you're still here. So these situations that we didn't expect are going to happen. Why wouldn't we figure out how to decide to be happy with what we've got? Because contentment, the idea of choosing, do you love that part of the definition? Choosing to be happy with what you've got. Contentment, boy, it's a mental game that we play with ourselves, isn't it? Contentment is this mental game of, am I happy or am I sad? What do I do? Do I like this? Do I not like this? I kind of compare contentment and a many mental issues that people have in life based on what they decide and how they decide to live. I kind of compare contentment almost like a pinball machine that the game, that, that your mind is playing with itself, right? It's this idea that it's ping, 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 and there's buzzers going off and there's sounds and it's like, I'm happy, I'm content, ping, 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 ping. I'm glad about this this day. I'm gonna revel in this this day. And then, right, I'm sad, I'm miserable. Ping, 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 ping. I'm happy, I'm sad. I'm content, I'm miserable. I'm glad, I'm mad. I hate my wife, I love my wife, right? Why did I have a child? Isn't she cute? All these things that we experience together during this time, it's like a pinball machine. We have experienced it at Downtown Harbor Church, right? I remember when we reopened our doors, we debated a lot. Is this the right time? Should we reopen? I don't know. Are people going to be happy that we did? Are people going to be mad that we did? We're glad that we're back in person, right? Should we stay at one service? Should we go to two services? Well, at one service, we were basically maxed out. What if COVID spikes again? Should we reopen kids programming? What about the masks? People hate the masks. I know people hate the masks. We got to wear them anyway. What are we like? It's this big thing about contentment. But here's the truth, gang. And even if you're watching us online today, we at Downtown Harbor Church have the privilege and the ability to actually be back in this space, which many people don't have. We're here, we're alive. God has not closed the doors to, for us to hold in-person hold in-person services, and we are here. And that's a really cool thing. In fact, most churches 
are at about, the national average says, it's at about 37% of their pre-COVID attendance. And downtown Harbor Church is at about 60% of its pre-COVID attendance. Not necessarily every week, it ebbs and flows, but we're excited about what that looks like. So the truth is, related to contentment, is that we can throw ourselves a pity party or we can have an optimism mindset. We can get down and oh boy, is it easy to get down. And oh boy, is it easy to kind of sit back and say, life is not what we expected. And oh boy, this is not the way that we thought it would go. I kind of look at it like we're in a boxing ring, right? And we're the little guy and there's somebody big beating up on us and boom, they get us with a right jab. Boom, a left uppercut. They're kind of hitting us with every shot that they can. And we can keep going or we can give up and throw ourselves a pity party and pout in the corner. But here's the truth, gang. Contentment, the idea of continuing to put one foot in front of the other and deciding to be happy with what we've got. Contentment, fatigue is real. All that to say about how hard this is over the course of time, perfect. We know God works for the good of all things. We know that he's consistently working in a way that we don't understand. But the Bible, the Holy Scripture, the ancient text that we hold so dear and we believe is the inspired word of God actually talks about this. In fact, the guy that John did the series about last time, Paul on the road ahead, Paul, potentially the most famous Christian to ever live, a man who had that road to Damascus experience where he encountered Jesus and his life was changed and he turned his life into a follower of Jesus and he was potentially the most famous Christian to ever live. He addresses this in the Bible. Paul actually talks with the Philippians, this group of people who lived in a place called Philippi. Paul talks about this. He was teaching them, these people lived in Philippi, about contentment. Paul was saying to these people, hey guys, the things that I want to talk to you about today, the things that you're experiencing, I want to have a conversation with you about. And he was having this conversation with them about contentment from jail. Okay, he was in jail. He was in prison while he was writing these words to the people of Philippi. So you want to talk about contentment. This is how important it was for Paul to be able to communicate this and to communicate it from a place that was not ideal in prison. I don't know about you and how you feel about prison, but I'd like to avoid jail. Jail would be something that I would like to not experience in my life. In fact, if you've been to jail, would you just put your hand? I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. But what I am saying, and that's okay. But like, if that's something that you've experienced, you know how miserable that is. And so we want to understand where Paul was when he was writing this about contentment. to The people of Philippi, book of Philippians chapter four, verse 11 we begin, and it's so powerful and addresses this so clearly. Don't miss this. He said, I am not saying this, right? Talking about contentment. Because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Let me read again. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And oh boy, don't we know the difference based on what that is specifically down here in South Florida? Because there's a lot of people in South Florida who have plenty. 
man, I've, you've seen the houses down here. You've seen the cars down here. You've seen the menus down here with how much things are at dinner. This is where the glitterate come to live, right? This is South Florida. I know what it's like to see things like that down here. And Paul goes, yeah, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. And then he said, I have learned the secret, oh boy, the secret to being content in any and every situation. He goes, okay, let me tell you a secret. Whether you have a lot, whether you have a little, whether your expectations were met, whether you're living in the middle of 2020, here is the secret to being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It's this idea and this reliance upon God where you understand that just because things that you expected to happen weren't met, that God is still present, is still working for good. And when you have a contentment mindset about all things based on how the scripture tells us to respond and to be content, how Paul, just like he told the people of Philippi, that man, our attitudes are different. We might look at situations and people and things differently based on the choice of whether to be contentment, content or whether to not. Here's the other thing I believe about contentment, which is so important. Because, you know, you've probably heard this stat a lot, specifically in 2020. I mean, this is, I've heard about the COVID-19 a lot, but I've also heard about, hey, mental illness is completely up. Have you ever heard that one? That whether it's, you know, depression, anxiety, suicide are at an all-time high because of this pandemic. And that's terrible. And that's not good. But I think I know at least some point you know, in terms of why this is happening. I mean, obviously we know why it's happening because of all the things that have happened to our country and our world. But here's just one thing I believe about contentment related to these mental issues that go on, especially in the midst of 2020. Contentment and worry go hand in hand. Well, what do you mean, Adam? Tell me about what you mean there and why contentment and worry go hand in hand. When your expectations aren't met and things that you want to happen don't line up with reality, what starts to happen? You worry and you go, I should be able to control this. I should be able to do this. Why should I, why can this not happen? Contentment and worry go hand in hand. When you choose to respond not in contentment, worry increases and we don't need more worry and anxiety because that leads to mental issues and anxiety leads to depression and depression leads to a lot of things that are even worse. Many of us have been there. We want to avoid this at all costs. Therefore, we say what? Attempt to be content. Be happy with what you've got. If it's not working out, we're going to work to make it work out in a different way. If it still doesn't work out, we're going to adjust our lifestyle in a different day because worry and anxiety are so bad and they're so hard to come back from. Jesus talks about this in the book of Luke, chapter Luke 12, 22, as he talks about worry, he says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear? He goes on, he says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. 
Let me bottom line this for you. Let me tell you what he is saying to his disciples that can translate to us 2,020 years later. He said, hey, disciples, guys, listen to this. Don't worry about what you'll eat or your drink or how you'll be clothed. Don't worry about that. We're gonna work that out. Here's what I truly believe that 2,020 years later, that means for us, 2020 is about more than your expectations. Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? That my expectations were so special that they must be met. They had to be met. In fact, many of them weren't met. And I've spent enough time sitting around throwing myself a sap or a pity party where I just go, no, I'm down about this. I don't, I don't want to put one foot in front of the other. What do I do? 2020 is way more than about your expectations. It is about God writing a massively bigger story of restoration and redemption through your life. What is that going to look like for you? Because the last thing that we need to do is to think that this is about us because you know what happens when it is about us? The discontentment leads to anxiety. And one of the things that we don't need to allow to happen is for 2020 to spark our anxiety. 2020 doesn't need to spark your anxiety. That's the last thing we want it to do. But anxiety creeps in when we look at this kind of, you know, chain of how it goes. Our expectations aren't met. Uh-oh, we go over here and it didn't go the way that we thought it goes. And here's reality. And when those things don't line up, we move over here. And sure enough, we begin to have anxiety. So we have to focus on when this doesn't go the way that we want it to, the expectations, how to respond with contentment, to be happy with what we've got with where we're at. Because if we don't, oh boy, things get a lot worse. That's why in the scriptures, Paul talked about it. Jesus talked about it because it's a mental game. And we can either manage that appropriately or struggle. I'm tired of struggling, especially in this year. So what's the practical? Every week, excuse me, at Downtown Harbor Church, we put a word on the screen. We put this word on the screen and we ask the question, what is the practical? Because we want everybody in this room and everybody sitting, listening at home, hearing this message to be able to hear a message on a Sunday and put it into practice on a Monday, to put it directly into practice in their lives. So what's the practical this week? What are we gonna do with what we've heard? Well, number one, it's this. Use the contentment response filter. I love this because I made it up and this is completely bogus, but it's a friend of mine, so I hope it becomes a friend of yours. The CRF, okay? The contentment response filter. It's the idea that when something happens to you, that you would respond almost in an appropriate way using contentment. And not only would you just respond in that way, but that that would be in your heart and it would permeate what comes out of your mouth. Hey, Adam, how did it go during 2020 having a newborn during quarantine? Let me tell you what my response has generally been. Oh, brutal. 
this is not, I mean, no, she's driving me crazy. Like, I mean, it's, I'm ready to jump off the ninth floor. Like, it's just not good. Like, things are not how I want them to go. It's just, I don't even know what to do. And she drools and pukes and poops and all over everything and peed on me the other day. And like, that's a whole thing, right? But that's really true in a way, but that's a certain point of view. Adam, how did it go in 2020 raising an infant during a pandemic? You know, it didn't go off without its challenges, but I'm thankful for the time that we had to bond more, to get to know each other, to enjoy each other, to go through the good times and the bad times together as we wrestled through this. And I'm thankful for every single moment that I've had, even though it wasn't what I expected. And even though I may not say that every time, I need to start. I need that to live in my heart because you know what? It's true. Contentment is just a certain point of view. And how will we allow that to seep in and to permeate our lives so it comes out of our hearts and minds so that people would look at us and go, I don't know why that guy feels that way. I don't know why he is joyful about experiencing that during this time, but I don't know what that guy's want, what he's got. But I would hope to have some of that myself. And that just goes back to, as Paul said, a relationship with Jesus Christ because he lives inside of you and helps you to process that every single day. Use the contentment response filter, the old CRF. Number two, surround yourself with someone who helps you focus on the positive. We all got the negative guys and gals in our life. You know them, I know them, we love them, right? They're around all the time. How's it going? Socks, how's it going for you? Bad, okay, like we, we, we go through this every single time. Like I got, most of my buddies are this way, okay? And so what I've tried, I'm just kidding. A lot of them are very positive guys, specifically the guys who are here at DHC. But one of the things that we just need to do is make sure to surround yourself with people who help you focus on the positive, people who will call you out to go, that's bogus. Come on, let's, let's, let's stop throwing ourselves a pity party. Let's move on. Be around people who lift you up and help you focus on the positive. It's so key. And then lastly, don't let a failed expectation derail your faith. Meaning this is that so often when expectations aren't met, when people don't get what they want, when you don't get what you want, you blame God. And you go, I'm not gonna come to church anymore. I'm not gonna follow after God anymore. This didn't go the way that I thought that it would go. I had my hopes and dreams up. I had my heart set on this and this didn't go the way that I thought that it would. Therefore, I'm out, I'm done. Christianity is not about throwing in the towel. Christianity is about taking the hits and the blows over and over again and coming back with resilience so that people can watch you do it over and over again, landing in how much joy does this bring me? That's contentment. That's over and over again. Life can get you down. Things are not going to go your way all the time. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. We know that. But what makes us different is we get back up over and over and over again with contentment, deciding to be happy with what we've got. Because the truth is this, living in contentment 
is a great place to live. Because I truly believe that following after Jesus should bring us joy and related to our expectations and the reality of our circumstances, hopefully not leading to anxiety or worry that we would actually be content right where we're at. And man, what a great place that is to live, right with Jesus at the center of it. So I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're listening where you are today, but I bet that you're probably dealing with a little bit of this. Let's make a decision together to try to stop throwing ourselves a pity party. Stop walking away from faith. Let's start together choosing contentment, deciding to be happy with what we've got. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this idea, these truths found in your word, that we together here at Downtown Harbor Church, those near, those far, that we would be able to experience this together. God, I pray so sincerely that you would invade our hearts in this room right now. I pray that you would just invade us with your spirit, God, to be content, to have a positive attitude, to, to make sure that wherever you've led us to, that we would see the joy in it, that we would trust you in all circumstances, and that we would choose to be happy, decide to be happy, with what we've got. And if things aren't going our way or things aren't looking up, God, I pray that you would surround us and allow us to, uh, to look at you in a different way, to be able to have you guide us into fixing things. But as we walk through this year and as we walk through the madness of what we've experienced, God, allow us to consistently look back, to see you in it, and to choose to be happy with what we've got. God, I thank you for what I have. I thank you for, amongst all the circumstances, the way that you've worked. I publicly give you praise and glory for it. We pray this all today, God, in Christ's name, amen.